0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Good morning, Olin. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing we well. are, uh, you know, the Bears didn't lose over the weekend, so I think we're feeling pretty good. It's the first Monday you come in here and there is no crisis regarding the Bears unless you <laughs> consider running back shortage a crisis. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, go, ahead, I'm sorry. go ahead. No, no, finish.
2: No, no, it was just, a, it was good. It was a good weekend to enjoy after the Bears win and uh, they look good against Washington, right? I mean, the offensive line looked good. Thought they were going to get dominated, but they didn't. Uh, they actually played well. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of help out there to bore and he had a big matchup against Chase Young. And you thought from the beginning of the game, you would just see a ton of pressure on Justin Fields in which we didn't. So uh, moving in the, Uh, Give them credit. Give them credit with all the stuff they went through and, you know, D coordinator leaving and all the ups and downs. I gave them no chance to win out there in Washington,
3: and they did. Olin, when you look at D.J. Moore, from your perspective, there are receivers that are faster than him. There are receivers that may run better routes. There are receivers that might be more elusive. But he seems to have uh, uh, an ability to separate, and then we saw what he's capable of doing after he catches the ball, and he had a historic night on Thursday. What is it about him do you, that makes him special in your mind?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, and He makes things look easy, right, when you watch the film. It's like, man, he's open, and then he catches the ball, and he makes the guy miss immediately, and he's running down the sideline on every play. And it looks like he's not really trying that hard, and, and I don't know how to really explain it, but it almost seems to me like every play he's involved in, he's already thought about that play. He's already imagined the next step. He's one move ahead of the guy who's either trying to tackle him or trying to guard him on the route, which tells me uh, he's, his preparation is elite. And the way he thinks about the game, And you, you, at every position, guys, you process information the same way you talk about the quarterback. And it seems to me like that's what makes him elite. He is processing information while he's running the route, and, and then he's very, very good at running that route, exactly the depth he wants to run it at, Exactly, he knows exactly what move, he has to make to beat that defensive back. And then when he catches that ball, he's already got the guy beat guys for the yards after catch. So uh, he is fun to watch obviously here in Chicago, in Illinois. We don't get to see receivers like that very often. So enjoy watching him play football.
1: Oh, and I think that when we, you know, think about that game and how they won it, um, there were, there, there was a couple of great moments for Darnell, Wright. You know, the offensive line, All in all, looked pretty good. There were clean pockets, and Justin Fields taking advantage of that. What what was your takeaway when you watched tape of the offensive line? How good was that game for uh, for the offensive line?
2: Well, you saw it coming, right? We talked about on this show uh, against the Broncos, you saw Nate Davis and Wright start to work together, and we talked about how you could see what Ryan Pose's plan was Uh, If all those guys are on the field, because if you added Kevin Jenkins to that, if you had Braxton Jones to that, if you move Cody Whitehair to center, uh, obviously he's got to get there at center on the field and take some snaps in practice to work on that aspect of it. But you start to see what their plan was. Uh, My problem with the plan always was uh, this guy's young, this guy's not practicing, and this guy's a hard time staying healthy. So can this plan continue to work? Uh, The NFL, like you guys know, it's just a next-week business, right? What, we don't really care what you did last week. Now we got to know what you're doing this next week. But uh, Darnell Wright, I think we've been talking about since week one against the Packers, you're like, gosh, are you excited to watch this young man grow? Because the talent he has, the pad level he can play with, and the violence he provides you out there, uh, you know, just, just run the ball behind him. We've said that many times also, right? And then you can see Nate Davis start to play better football uh, in the second half against the Broncos, and then they started working together. So it was kind of coming, and Lucas Patrick goes out. And just a lot of credit to Coach Morgan and that offensive line in Washington because I don't know about you guys, but on the first couple of third downs, I was thinking, oh, man, here we go, right? Here we go, this defensive line, this vaunted defense line for the Washington Commanders on a Thursday night on primetime. Uh, they're going to eat our lunch, but it didn't happen. Uh, Justin Fields is sitting in that pocket, and I got to be honest with you guys, I was as shocked as anybody that he was sitting in that pocket comfortably and delivering the ball with three to four to five-plus seconds
3: to throw it. Olin, when you look at the defensive plan that the Bears had against the commanders, I wonder why do you think that with three starters missing in the secondary, with obviously you are a compromised defense overall, why do you think Matt Eberflus chose to be that aggressive? Because I think that it may be subtle, but it is significant. It does seem like they've taken – Um, stride to be more attacking with him calling the signals. And that was a surprise to me a little bit Thursday night because they had injuries in the the secondary. So why do you think that he went that route? Was it just because there was no other choice?
2: Yeah, desperate times call for desperate measures, right? (laughs) It'll make you change, man. And when you got to win football games and your job's on the line, everybody's questioning you and you got to put your guys in best position to win. Uh, You have to do things when you watch that film And look, guys, as much as we all think we know, uh, Coach Eberflus has been involved involved in football for a long time. He watches that film. He's in his house saying the same thing, right? My D-line cannot get to the quarterback. What do I have to do? Like, he knows that, right? Even if he doesn't say it, yes, he'd rather sit with Warren Sapp, with Tommy Harris. He'd rather let four guys rush the passer. But he knows he doesn't have that, even though, you know, we say it on radio a million times. He knows it better than anybody else. He knows he's got to blitz at that moment in the game. I got to get pressure on Howell. We know Howell holds the ball. Uh, the guys back there, uh, as an offensive lineman, I'll be honest with you guys, I hated blocking for quarterbacks like that. Who in the hell knows why he's holding the ball that long. But let's blitz him. Let's make him. Let's speed up his clock. Let's make him make a decision. I credit Coach Eberflus for going against what he believes, that his front four should get pressure, for realizing that his front four cannot get pressure and adjusting and setting pressure against a young quarterback on the road in prime time like we talked about. This, uh,
1: this segment with Olin Krutz is sponsored by Plumbers 911. Plumbing emergency? Call the plumbing professionals. Available 24-7 at 1-833-PLUM-911. Um, you know, I'm not sure how sustainable it is to have a – Uh, kind of slapped together uh, secondary, but that's kind of what they've been doing. And now, you know, you know the Vikings are up next, and you think, oh, God, like Justin Jefferson is going to have a field day. And lo and behold, he suffers a hamstring injury. So we don't know what kind of shape he'll be in. And I know Jalen Johnson has said he's coming back. I think that uh, there is a chance that they can activate – uh, the the nickel corner Kyler Gordon, what what are you expecting from this secondary moving forward, Olin? They you know they drafted or they signed another kid off of uh, the street and put him on the practice squad. They they've been making practice squad moves now, seemingly on a weekly basis.
2: Yeah, especially in that secondary, man. Yeah. They've had a lot of injuries, and and credit to them and the grit and the toughness they showed of getting through that game, guys, I thought one of the biggest plays in the game was we were, I was questioning at home, you know, why, why would you take the ball there? Because you always worry about that two for one before the half, right? The score at the half and then get the ball back. And, and uh, Stroman, I thought one of the biggest plays in the game was that interception on that two minute drill by Washington. So uh, credit to this young secondary credit to those guys for making plays, right? Uh, you expect, uh, Jalen Johnson to come back. You expect hopefully Kyler Gordon to come back. I thought Kyler Gordon was playing good football before he got injured. Uh, that nickelback we know in this Tampa 2 defense extremely important. A lot of pressure could come from that position. Uh, that guy almost plays like a, another linebacker out there. I'm sure up there at Hallis Hall, they expected big things out of him this year, and he gets hurt early, and then you got Jalen Johnson out. I mean, they just have so they've been so many injuries, you know, brisker in and out of games. Eddie Jackson's been out, so uh, you, you, that's what's supposed to be, honestly, the strength of the whole team. You thought that secondary with all the assets they put into it, right? Drafting Tyreek Stevenson this year. So it'd be good to see them come back. And then when they come back, you can play a little more man. You can send a little more pressure. We saw Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, uh, they, uh, Coach Eberfue designed a pressure for him this week. Uh, they got to get those linebackers involved and they can kind of turn it to the defense that they've wanted to be since the beginning.
3: So you mentioned the opening coin flip and taking the ball and, and having that mindset. And I, I think that it's, it's also interesting because you you mentioned the, like we all kind of realize you don't do that because of the possibility of the two for one, but let's talk about it from a player standpoint. What value does that have when you have an offense that has been maybe struggling and you know that you need to get off to a good start. And when you win the flip, you take the ball and you're like, okay, we're going to establish something here on an opening drive. Does that have value to that offensive team?
2: It does for sure. It just your coach is telling you, right? Like we're putting the ball in your guys' hands to set the tempo in this game. So you put a little more pressure on, like we talked about a week before, give the team to Justin Fields, right? Ask him if he wants to go for it on fourth and one. Uh, I don't know if it happened, but walk up to him and say, hey, uh, Justin, you want me to take the ball here? You want the ball in your hands? You want to start the game? You want to set the tempo? You want to show them what our team's all about? And when he says yes, I kick it off. And then, like you're saying, David, the value is, again, when we talk about this thing, no one can really explain the culture of your football team. Uh, uh, Do the players run your team, which all the best teams, the players run the team and control it, and you give the team to Justin Fields, and you give the opening kickoff and say, look, uh, everyone's questioning you. Everyone doesn't think you can do it. Everyone's talking about, how about you process information? On the road, against this defensive line, uh, uh, we're going to give the ball to you immediately. You set the tempo for our team. You are our guy.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Yeah. You know, it was funny. They actually used kind of the, uh, the tush push. Um, it's like they, they went to school on it over the weekend after, uh, failing on that, uh, that fourth down play, and it works. I mean, they figured out how to do it. You know, it was mind-boggling to think the minute they did it, you thought, oh, if only they had tried that on that fourth down play against the Broncos.
2: Right, and it's just, you know, short yardage and goal line is an interesting thing nowadays in football everywhere because of the lack of, of violence in practice the lack of live reps in practice and getting better and better at it, and just you grab that film, and obviously you don't have Jason Kelsey, you don't have Lane Johnson, you don't have all those animals that they have up there, the Eagles. And but Justin Fields is like Jalen Hurts, right? Big, strong quarterback, probably strong in the weight room. I know we hear about Hurts squats six hundred pounds. How the hell are you going to stop a quarterback who squats six hundred pounds when starts driving his legs behind all those offensive linemen and they run that you know rugby style? It almost looks to me like guys, they're they're dropping almost into like a bear crawl with their hands on the ground, and they all just start crawling forward, and then you add the the strength of her, so you add the strength of Justin Fields, and uh, what's your chances of stopping that? I don't know. (laughs)
3: Oh, and this might sound like an absurd question, but I think you've been in Chicago long enough to to think that it, it isn't necessarily. We talk about how the Bears handle adversity and overcome that. I worry about how the Bears handle success because too often in Chicago, we send like something good happens and then it's exaggerated in terms of what it really means. And then the team, whether it's in response to that or they're part of that, they don't come out with the in the same way or they, they can't handle success. So if you are in that locker room today or whenever they get back to work, what is the message that needs to be heard at Hallis Hall so that doesn't happen?
2: Yeah, the leaders, David, the leaders we talk about, I'm talking about on every level of that building, right? It's almost like you lost. And we talked about a lot. Um, When you see a team play better, you're talking about, when you see a team with success and it come out the next time and they can't handle it, it's because they couldn't handle it for the 10 days, right? Like, I hope they enjoyed the win for one or two days and got back in the weight room, watched that film, corrected their mistakes, said, look, even though we won, we can get better. The leaders got to act like they lost. Uh, they got to have a chip on their shoulder in that building today. Uh, they got to they say at some point, hey, this practice isn't good enough, right? This practice isn't good enough. Stop acting like we won the Super Bowl. We're still not a very good football team. We still have a long way to go. But that has to be done in your preparation every day. Like I hope on yesterday while the games are going on, everybody's got their iPads now. They're sending a the film to them. I hope they were breaking down the Minnesota Vikings, right? I hope everybody was watching the Minnesota Vikings. I hope everybody was getting ready for this game they're about to have.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that's one of the fun things about, you know, having a, a, a mini buy, whatever you call it, after a Thursday night game. Do you expect them to hire a defensive coach? You heard Floosey say that was, a you know, a possibility and they were going to discuss it. But, you know, now he knows he probably isn't losing his
2: job. Maybe he can hire an assistant. I would think he still does. I, I I would imagine they are having serious conversations in that building about hiring another guy just because the amount of work the head coach has and he wants to be a CEO type. And just another guy in that building, guys. I mean, there's hours of film to break down, even though he still calls the plays. There's organization of everything. There's, guys, there's things the head coach has to do. Uh, can't be in the defensive meetings all the time. You took one whole guy, guys. Like Alan Williams, he was probably putting in 50, 60 hours of work. I mean, just imagine your guys' radio show. Uh, take out one guy who does a lot of things. Take Dustin out of your radio show. Now you and David have to handle all of that work. So you just get another guy in that building to do some of the work, a guy you trust, break down film, give you different ideas, uh, get everybody we talked about moving in the right direction. So I wouldn't doubt they hire a guy, but, but maybe not for the reasons of taking over the play calling. It's just because you've lost somebody there, uh, uh, a guy who's been in the NFL for a long time, a guy who could break down films, a guy who could help you develop the secondary. Uh, you need another guy in that building just to do a lot of the work that Allen Williams is doing.
3: Well, as you watch Justin Fields the last two weeks and specifically again on Thursday night, is there any one or two things that you think he has done better that has helped him unlock whatever was holding him back?
2: Yeah, his footwork is a lot better, and I'll let the quarterback gurus talk about that, but and then there seems to be no shortage of these quarterback gurus nowadays. But anyway, um, he, his footwork is better. His processing of information was better. All the things we talked about he had to improve on, he has improved on. He's, he's using his eyes to control the safety. It looks like he's interested now in uh, the, the pass protection in front of him, trying to understand where the mismatches are, where the line is sliding, helping them out with their calls, and just he is playing faster the last two weeks than he has uh, uh, that he had before that. And I just it goes again to, to you got to compliment him on his work ethic. When everybody was saying he couldn't do it, uh, you could tell he was still working hard at the little things that could make him better. And also, uh, guys, I think Getsy got better. Also, I think mm. Getzey got better at, at doing the things that Justin Fields wants to do. We forget that Getty also was a young offensive coordinator who put a year of film out there where defense coordinators do exactly what he wanted to do. And then he goes against his old old team, the Green Bay Packers, who know him the best. And they put on film how to stop what he wants to do. And it just kind of set the Bears way back. They got punched in the mouth. They got punched in the mouth the first couple of weeks. Give them credit for standing back up off the mat against the Washington Commanders and the Denver Broncos. Not not laying the game against the Broncos, but early on the game and getting that offense rolling putting points on the board now here's the thing about the NFL like we talked about you got to do it again you got to do it every week
1: yeah I wonder is it sustainable in other words Mm -hmm. those two defenses weren't great you know obviously the front line very good for uh for the commanders but the secondary didn't do much at all and I think you know, they did a real good job of throwing on first down, and it seemed like they were aggressive. And, and any throw to D.J. Moore is a good
2: throw. But <laughs> how
1: sustainable is this, Olin?
2: Yeah, well, if you hit those two throws to Darnell Mooney, right, that's what I'm saying about yeah, improving, yeah. right? And you can still improve, and it's sustainable. I mean, you talked about the two defenses they play. Well, you got the Vikings and the Raiders coming up, and they're not great either, right? Uh, so you can sustain this. Uh, you know, if Justin Fields keeps playing at that level, you've got a, a guy that everyone has to worry about, which we don't get often here in Chicago, right? So you've got D.J. Moore. Everyone has to worry about that guy. Everybody has to game plan for him. Uh, that's what we talk about, being a multiplier, right? That is a multiplier right there. He's making all his teammates better. Now Mooney should co-commit. You see him catching balls. Why? Because he's one-on-one, because they got to worry about more, right? Uh, Justin Fields, the ball almost sails over his head. He jumps one-hands the ball and runs for eight yards. There's a guy making his offensive line better, right? Darnell Wright keep improving. Uh, It does to me, Molly, to be honest with you, I don't know about the elite football teams in in the NFL. I don't know about how the Bears match up against them. But against average football teams, against below-average football teams, I will say this. It does, on film, to me, look sustainable. The one thing that doesn't look sustainable to me is how they're going to get to the quarterback every week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they he kind of pulled that out of the air, you know, mm-hmm. or or somewhere else. It was just kind of remarkable that they got that done. And again, that's a quarterback that sacked a lot. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, we'll see if that's if they can get to Kirk Cousins.
3: Good stuff know. all in.
2: Thank you very much, guys. Want to congratulate everybody who finished the Chicago Marathon. Awesome event. Uh, awesome to be down there and congratulate my wife, Wendy, for finishing her 16th marathon. Wow, that's
1: awesome. 16, wow, yeah, that's, that's great. Incredible. Thanks, Olin.